Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. He's taking some freedom there that's uh, fun. I enjoy that. Good job, Josh. And uh, uh, we're having fun just celebrating today. Thank you so much for singing to me. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's one of those uh, years that really, 61, meh. You know, it's another year. It, but it's fun to celebrate. And uh, I was celebrating with uh, somebody this morning. They said, we're just so glad that you were born. Me too. You know, I'm glad that I was able to come into this world. And uh, the, the, the crazy thing is, and, and this is true of all of us, we were chosen to live now. We were chosen to live in this culture. We were chosen to live in this, this weird world we live in. We were chosen for this moment. And each and every one of us are, are not an accident. We all have purpose and value. We all have a significant reason for being. And I praise God that we are here today. I praise God to partner with you in making a difference in this world. And I, I'm convinced that we are just on the precipice of seeing something magnificent happen, not only in our personal lives, but in the life of our church, in the life of our community. And I just anticipate seeing God continue to do great things. I want to uh, pray right now for Uvalde. Um, if you've, I'm sure you're aware of the, the tragedy that happened this year in the school shooting. 19 children lost their lives along with two teachers and others that are struggling for their health and well-being in, in, in the hospital. And uh, most importantly, we pray for those families that have lost their loved ones, those families that have been impacted. I also want to, and I'm very close to this in the sense of uh, first responders that experienced that, that terrible tragedy. Unbelievable what they saw and what they have experienced and what they had to go through um, to support those families to respond to that tragedy and um, not only uh, see what happened, but experience it in their own lives. So let's just take a moment and pray and pray for that community and pray for these folks that have lost their loved ones. Lord, we come to you today and we believe that um, uh, today these children are in your presence. I'm convinced of that. I, I, I know that you treasure the hearts of children and Lord, I know they're in your presence and that is somewhat comforting, God. It's, it's incredibly comforting to know that they are with you, but it's still challenging to understand or put it in a context that makes sense. And so, Lord, we put it in your hands. We pray for comfort for these families. We pray for comfort for this community. We pray for comfort and peace in the minds and hearts of those that responded and, and those that had... Uh, gone through that experience, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for every child that was traumatically affected, every adult that was traumatically affected. We pray that you bring health and wholeness to their lives. And Lord, we realize that you are the only answer to trauma events. You are really the only one who can help us through difficult, difficult times like these. And so, Lord, I pray for that community today. I pray for our country that you, Lord, would um, enter in and make the difference. God, uh, you can only be the one that heals and brings health and wholeness to this situation. And we thank you for it. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Also want to recognize today that uh, this is Memorial 
Day weekend, and uh, tomorrow is the official day where we remember the fallen soldiers that have fought over the years, have lost their lives for one reason or another. But today we also recognize those that represent our armed services. So uh, if you have, uh, if you're a spouse of a, uh, uh, someone that's been in the military or you are, have been in the military yourself, would you just please stand and give us a moment to recognize you and, and appreciate what you've done for our, and if you're a mom, yes, if you're a mom, thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Thank you for giving your time and your energy. Thank you so much uh, that your family is represented in uh, protecting our country and giving us our freedoms, and we appreciate it very much. I was meeting with a gentleman, a friend, a very close friend of mine that um, serves uh, <clears throat> military personnel that have gone through PTSD or are in, going through PTSD. And uh, it's amazing what is happening in our country today as a result of the recent wars and the many, many lives that have been impacted and changed because of that. And I encourage you, pray for our military guys and gals. Pray for all those that are active and um, have, have been discharged and are retired, whatever the case may be, they have likely seen things that we would never imagine uh, going through. And so please pray for them as well. The Bible says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. We're in a series, this is the second week of the series called Armed and Dangerous. And I realize that is a dangerous title to call something right now in our world. If you uh, dial into this online, you're likely on a watch list of some sort. But we're not here to fight flesh and blood. We're not here to threaten anybody's life. We're here only to fight one enemy, and that's the devil. Amen? Amen. And uh, if you got into Christianity because of the opportunity to have your sins forgiven, wonderful. That's amazing. I'm so glad you got in, and your sins are forgiven, and you are on your way to heaven. But you are also in an army, and you joined that army, and we are here to fight and fight the, the, the devil's schemes, the devil's efforts, not just to destroy our lives, but the lives of our community. And we see that going on over and over and over again in our world today. It's interesting, there's two little verbs in this statement that uh, I think we need to pay attention, uh, pay close attention to. And that, the first one is, finally, be strong. Be strong. It doesn't say put on strength. It says be strong. It says in your, in your being, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's not up to us. It's not up to uh, ourselves to be strong. It's up to us to be in the Lord and rely on his strength. And that's the only way we can really fight the enemy. The enemy is bigger than us. The enemy is stronger than us unless we have the strength of God in our lives. Then he is a wimp. Amen? Amen. And then it says, the other verb is put on. Put. 
put on. This is a verb that tells us to do something, and it means to put on. So we need to be strong in the Lord, and we need to put on the full armor of God. And so we're going to start today with uh, talking about the pieces of armor that we need to put on. We need to put on uh, different things. And so we must understand that today we are fighting against the enemy. And I want to clarify that just a little bit to make sure, because what we know about the enemy is that he is a liar. He's a deceiver. And he's going to do everything he can to twist up truth. Not just, not just lie and, and say something isn't true at all, but he's going to take truth and he's going to make it sound right. But it's going to be wrong. Listen to this. In John 8, verse 42, he says this. He says, if God were your father, Jesus is saying this, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, by the way, a religious group of people that want to twist up the truth. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. He's talking about the devil. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. That's pretty straight up. <laughs> he's, he's really calling out the devil and saying he is the, the father of lies. His native language is lying. And if we don't understand that, then it's going to be easy to be rocked off the truth and to be moved off to the side going right or left or some other way other than the way of truth. And I think it's essential that we understand that the enemy is a liar. Therefore, we need to know the truth. Right? You guys have probably heard it before. It's not original with me, but it's an illustration of the, the, the counterfeit dollar. The best way to know if a dollar is counterfeit is to know what the real one looks like. That's the best way. It's not to study counterfeits because counterfeits could have all kinds of different variations. But the original, the right one, the true one, if you know that, then it's easy to see the other variations that are lies. And so we have to know the truth. We have to understand the truth. Have you ever operated under false assumptions? Or somebody's given you information and it just wasn't true? Um, did, did you think that something was safe and it wasn't? Have you ever done that? Where you think, oh, I'm safe here. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm not safe. Um, it, was, it became very real to me and very real that there needed to be a security team at a church. I was a lead pastor to, or a executive pastor at a church up in Seattle. It was a large church. And our, our band was very familiar with just going in and dropping their, their, their purses and equipment and everything. And it was, you know, hey, a church? Why would you ever worry about anybody stealing at a church? So while the service was going on, somebody creeped in there and stole the purses and stole the equipment and walked out. 
I don't know how they got away with it because it's a big church, a busy place. Probably that's why. But from that point on, we started having a security team and uh, making sure everybody locked up their things. We have, in fact, here we have uh, lockers that, that our volunteers can lock up their things so that they can go in and enjoy and, and serve without worrying about their things. But you, you think every place is safe. But no one's immune from the enemy, the devil's schemes. And we have to be careful with that. Were you told that a restaurant was good and it wasn't? Have you ever gone through that? You go to a restaurant and all of a sudden you order what they say. Oh, this is amazing. And then, ugh. Were you given directions and they weren't any good? <laughs> I think Google Maps, I think Google Maps should just get real. I think, you know, when you miss a turn, they should go, oh, you messed up. You know, I think, I think but I love, I love maps because I get, I get lost. I don't get lost near as often as I used to. And I don't feel like I need to, you know, lower my pride um, because now I, I can just ask Siri and Siri usually gives me a good answer. You have warranties that you find out they really don't cover what you thought they covered. Yeah. Um, have you ever bought a one-size-fits-all and found out that one size doesn't fit all? <laughs> Those are things that you might assume were true but didn't end up being true. And I think too, too many of us trust everything that we see or hear or, you know, we, we put trust in, in the things that we read or uh, all the things that we see. And, and Today, in today's world, I don't know how we come up with any kind of conclusion about what we believe. Because there's so many different avenues to get information from. And if, depending on the avenue, you're going to get one slant or another slant. You're going to get all kinds of different perspectives. It's crazy. And the challenge in today's world is this. And I studied this as part of my master's program. Is I understood that there is a thing called postmodernism. Postmodernism is a very common thing amongst the millennials, amongst Gen X. These are people that have decided that we need to deconstruct truth. We need to deconstruct. Nothing is believable. Nothing is trustworthy to believe. In fact, what we need to do, and this is what postmodernism says, is that we're going to pull apart everything that used to be a foundational belief, and we're going to question it, we're going to tear it apart, we're going to uh, not live by it so that we can prove that it's not true. And then if it is true, then we find out later that it is. Postmodernism is crazy, but... I think that we have to have some grace because I, think, I don't think that truth is ever so dangerous to question. I actually enjoy people who ask questions, who say, hey, is that really true? Is that, is that really? Do you really believe that? I mean, if truth is truth, then truth will stand, right? And especially if God's word is real and true, then we can trust it. The challenge in today's world is that nobody trusts anybody. What they believe, what they say, what they think, what uh, is the world still round? You know, those kinds of things. Maybe we go back to flat earth. You know, all these kinds of crazy ideas are being questioned again. And it's like, really? Haven't you seen pictures from space? Oh, they're made up. 
It's crazy how people can put and just completely reject truth. And, and, and so if we don't have a foundation for truth, then we don't have a foundation for anything. You create what you want to create. And that's the, another part of postmodernism is that you can, postmodernism says, well, I'm going to question everything and I'm going to determine what's true for me. That's why we have so many me-centered, narcissistic people who have placed their own selves in the position of God as defining what truth is. And it's really scary because truth can be anything at that point. And it's, it's a very, very confusing place to be. And so why do we need to understand truth and why do we declare that truth is the the, the, the Bible, the center of everything wraps around what we believe is the Bible. And the Bible declares what, tr- what is true. Why do we do that? Because if we don't have a truth, uh, what we will believe will determine our actions. And so um, people that are okay, and, and I realize this is a hot topic right now, but people that are okay with abortion um, obviously don't, they don't believe that God is a, a part of that conception that God has designed that, that, that human being and that that, perp- that human being has a plan. And for those reasons, I would, never, I would never endorse or encourage abortion. Realizing that there are all kinds of caveats to that, that, that kind of claim and that kind of, of direction and that kind of answer. I realize that there are questions about all these little insides and outs of, of how conception may have occurred. But at the end of the day, every life that's conceived was conceived with, with uh, that, that life in, in God's mind. Now that raises a whole bunch of questions. I get it and I'm not trying to answer all that today. But what we believe will determine our actions. And what, that's why we must have a foundation of truth. What we believe will affect our emotions. What we believe will affect our emotions. If you have no hope, it's no wonder you're depressed. It's no wonder we get anxious. It's no wonder we, we lose sight. There are people killing themselves every day. Suicides that are happening every day. Why? Because they've lost a sense of hope. That there's no reason to live anymore. There's no reason to, to give ourselves to this world. Instead, let's escape it. And we'll let the cards fall where they may. Truth is essential for us to make life work and to make life happen. What you believe as truth will determine how and what you love. Today, we are taught that we are the determiners of truth. If we are the determiners of truth, then we are the most pe- important people in the center of this world. And therefore, I must be the most important person to everyone around me. And I, I, I first become narcissistic in the sense that I have to be everything to everyone in, in order for me to be lovable or love myself. And if, no one, if someone doesn't accept me, oh no, my world is falling apart. Because the world should wrap itself around me. And it goes crazy like that. Why is truth so critical? Because it affects everything about you, everything about me, and everything about us collectively. And if we don't have a truth, then we are in trouble. Amen? Amen. 
George Orwell said this a long time ago. He said, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. You ask people that are getting canceled today if they told the truth, and they may have told the truth, but people don't like the truth, and so they get canceled. People don't like what the truth brings and lights up and shows and reveals. And when we tell the truth and the truth isn't appealing or acceptable or part of the the vernacular of today's culture, then you get canceled. Even just what I said just just now about abortion, that, that very thing flies in the face of many people in today's world and culture. A time of universal deceit, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. I think we need to tell truth with grace. A principle I learned a long time ago is if you can't tell, tell the truth with a tear in your eye, don't tell anything. If you don't have any grace, if you don't have any compassion for the people you're talking to, even though you're bringing truth to them, you're probably going to hurt them more than you're going to help them. So let's talk a little bit about truth, the belt of truth. Ephesians 6, 14 says this, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with, the, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. One of the uh, other versions of that, that was the New International Version. Another version, the New New American Standard Version, says this in that same passage. It says, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. I love this imagery. I love this imagery. What I love about this is what it's saying. And and if you don't hear anything, hear this. Truth is not what we're fighting for. It's what we fight with. Remember that. We are not fighting for truth. We fight with it. We we are not trying to create truth so the world can see it. The world is, the, the enemy is going to distort truth and the only way to bring truth to its fullness is to bring it to light. And so we fight with it. We use truth to defeat evil. That's the way the battle is won. It's not like, hey, we're going to defend truth. No, we just use truth to, defend, to, to defeat evil. And when we do that, then there is a victory to be won. And we have to remember, we're not fighting for it. We're fighting with it. And this truth is the belt of truth. This truth empowers the warrior to stand firm. It empowers you and me to not be pushed aside or to be rocked this way or that way because of a lie or a deceit or a twisted version of the truth. Truth is a girdle. Guys, we have to put girdles on. Today's language is Spanx. (laughs) What? 
or shapewear is what it's politely called. Spanks are these things. I don't, I, no, I've, now I've never seen a, a, a pair or a, a set or whatever you call this thing. Um, but it's like a girdle, but it's a tight, form-fitting piece of clothing that keeps everything in. And just like a girdle would. And that's what we are to wear. That's the thing that the, the, the Bible says in the, in, in the New, New American Standard, gird your loins with truth. Put the girdle on. Put the belt on. The, imagine Paul sitting in prison where he wrote this book to the Ephesians. And Paul is looking at the two soldiers he's tied to. And they have this gear on. And this gear is a, a breastplate, there's a belt, there's um, uh, a sword. Maybe they're carrying their sword on their side. Who knows? They have a helmet on. They're soldiers. They're soldiers. He's tied to these soldiers. And so Paul's grabbing his, his relevance, his illustration from these guys. And, and he notices that this belt or this girdle that they're wearing is what keeps them in shape. I, I like going out on... Uh, calls with the officers uh, ride-alongs because I wear a vest and this vest is kind of tight and it holds everything in and it makes me look kind of buff. When I don't wear that, I'm no longer buff. But this truth is a girdle. It holds things in And, and that's what truth is supposed to do. It gives us a shape. It gives us a, 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 a perspective, a, a, a boundary, if you will, of, of where we can live and where we can function and how we should live. And if the enemy wants to get us out of that, he's got to get us out of our girdle and he's got to let us reveal ourselves without truth. And once that happens, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. And I'm not endorsing spanks or girdles. I'm just endorsing what truth can do in our lives. And that is to hold us in and let us be what we are to be in the context of God's truth. And if we lose that sense of it, then we are going to lose the battle. The other thing that's interesting about the belt in the context of battle is that there's the the breastplate that comes down here. And then there's a gap. If there's no protection here, it's dangerous. It's a vulnerability. It opens up our, 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 our stomachs, our, our, lower, our, our loins, all those kinds of things, and it gets a little weird talking about it even. But we have to wear this belt to keep us protected. And truth is the very thing that will keep us protected from the enemy's lies. If we believe that he is the father of lies, if we believe he is the father of deceit, if we believe he's the one that's twisting us up, then we have to know the truth. So we have to understand who God is then. Why why is the Bible the truth? Listen to this passage in Hebrews 6, verse 13. It says this, When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. Now that is a powerful, powerful statement. Have Have you ever been in court and you had to swear on the Bible? First of all, we're not supposed to do that. But if you put your hand on the Bible and you say, I I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. So we swear by God, putting our hands on the Bible. And that's actually not a bad thing to do. 
if you have a problem with lying. Because now you're putting yourself in the power of God and you're saying, God is my witness that I am telling the truth. So if you have a problem with lying, you need somebody bigger than you to swear by. Okay, but the Bible says that we shouldn't do that. The Bible says don't swear by anything. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you're an honest person, you don't need to swear by anybody. But in this case, what uh, God is doing is he's saying he's making a promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. In other words, he said, I am the most truthful person on, in, in any context. And therefore, whatever I say, I swear by myself that, I, that what I'm saying is true. And then he says in verse 14, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. He believed God. Verse 16, people swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. I love that statement right there. It is impossible for God to lie. God is truth. And therefore, we must understand that whatever he says, we can trust. We can use it as a foundation in our lives. And if we don't, we will be rocked off the the track and we will be twisted and turned and pushed and pulled every which way because the enemy will do anything he can to lie to us, to deceive us. God's promises are true. Why? Because God is true. God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to say something that he won't follow through on. A promise that he won't keep. A, a statement that isn't, uh, does, doesn't have a foundation of truth. It's impossible. And as a result, he is trustworthy. He, we can build our foundation on him. I like what James 5.12 says. He says, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to, to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you'll be condemned. Don't swear by anything. Just be honest. You don't need to do that. But God does it on himself. Why? Because he's truthful. There's nothing that, that it's impossible for him to lie. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus makes the claim that he himself is the truth. And we can put all trust and confidence in in him that's why we need this girdle around us if we don't have that we can be easily knocked off the track easily swayed and easily go into a place where we should not go if we believe that God cannot lie then we must believe that his word is true it's accurate source of truth and and has authority in our lives to to guide and direct our steps This is why we must know the Word of God. This is why we must become students of the Bible. If we don't, then we will lose the battle. And let me example that with Jesus' temptation in the desert. It says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is after 40 days of no food. 
After fasting 40 days and nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written. Say that with me. It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is written. The first thing that Jesus does with the devil's words is declare what's true. It is written. Then the devil took him to a whole, the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. And now the devil is, is quoting scripture. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So he's taking truth and quoting it to Jesus. Jesus answered him, it is also written. Ha <laughs> ha Jesus has got his belt on. He's wearing the girdle. He is shaped for war. Do not put your Lord God to the test. That's the truth. That's the truth. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, and, the, and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, I will, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. There's really no argument for what has to happen here. We have to know the word of God. We have to know the truth. So when the devil comes and even tries to quote scripture to us, we can quote it back to him saying, no, dude, you got it all wrong. What you're saying is not true. What you're saying is a lie. What you're saying is deception. What you're saying is is not accurate at all because this is what the Bible says. These are God's words. And I know some of us in this room are feeling like, oh man, I don't even know scripture very well. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm never going to be able to defeat the enemy. That's not true. The little bit of scripture you can remember, the little bit that you maybe have memorized, the John 3, 16 that you might have in your head. Well, if you don't have anything in your head, it's okay. We can get there. The Bible says that we're to Uh, put on the full armor of God. That means it's a practice that we do and we need to put it on daily. I love what some people say that every morning I get up and I put on the belt of truth and I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on my sandals for the gospel of peace. I put on my helmet and I put on my, I grab my shield of faith and I, I have my sword of the spirit and I'm ready for a battle. It's a discipline that we have to do. And we must get used to the, the idea that we have an enemy. And I know, I, and again, I'll come back to that idea. I know some of us got into this just to have our sins forgiven. Not to be in war. But unfortunately, we have an enemy. And that enemy goes after the most vulnerable first. And then we'll attack the rest later. And he's relentless and will not stop. We have to get to that place where we understand that the devil will first try and twist the truth about God. That's what he did with Jesus. Then he will try and twist the truth about you. If you are the son of God, then 
And then he will try and draw our attention away from God. Put our attention on something else in this world. Oh, I got to have that money. I got to have that house. I got to have that car. I got to have this. I got to have that. I got to go here. I got to be this to this people and this to this people. And pretty soon, we're not even looking at God. That's the enemy. We have to know that we don't worship anything but God. If we keep our eyes on him, we can't get lost. If we take our eyes off of him, we're going to go somewhere where we shouldn't be. And the devil is going to do everything he can to distract us. The last passage I'll share with you is to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's nothing better than living in the context of truth. Because outside of it, it's confusing, it's crazy, it's weird, it's, it's, it's guilt-ridden, it's shame-filled, it's, it's all this stuff of, of what's, what's real, what's, what's true. What, and, and when we get into truth and we know what's real and we know that, that truth is real and God is God's plan for us, we're on that path, there's no better feeling than knowing you're right there with him. And I know it's confusing, I know it's challenging, but the truth is... That's where we all need to be so that we can defeat the enemy and see this world changed. I said earlier that I believe God is on the precipice of doing some great things in our life and, and, and great things in our lives individually, great things in our lives corporately, and great things in our community. And I want to encourage you right now that we have to become students of the truth. Truth is the first piece that is mentioned as part of the armor of God. Why? Because it's the basis, it's the foundation of everything else. It's the basis of our actions, it's the basis of our emotions. And when we get truth leading us, then we can't be deceived. Why? Because we know what's real. When the devil wants to quote scripture to us, we just quote it right back to him and say, dude, you got it all wrong. You're misguiding. You're misleading. You're telling me to go this way, and I know I should go that way. You're telling me something about God that's not true. You're telling me that I am somebody that I'm not. And when we can embrace the truth, then we can live in freedom. Some of us today are walked in and like, man, I'm so confused about this. I'm so confused about that. And uh, Fox News says this and CNN says that and CNBC says this and whatever. And you're, you're lost in the, in the myriad of information that, that you're grabbing a hold of. Let's get a hold of Jesus. Let's get a hold of God's word. They can clarify all that. There's nothing wrong with watching or listening to any of that. But at the end of the day, if it's having an influence on your belief system, that's wrong. Because none of it has the full truth. None of it has the full perspective that God has for this world and for our lives and for the plan that he has for us. If you're confused, if you're frustrated it's time to become a student of God's word because it will clarify. I'm not saying all your, your questions will be answered because our finite minds have a hard time understanding his infinite mind. It can't be done. But when we get what we need from the Bible as the, the foundation of our truth, then we can live in freedom. And I believe that for you. I believe that's what the series is about, is you and I experiencing the fullness of life 
and understanding that when we put on the full armor of God, we are protecting ourselves and we are putting armor on that will defeat the enemy. And we don't have to lose. We don't have to lose. And like I've said before, I love being on the winning team. I love being on the winning team. Do you? All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives today. I thank you that you've called us to be people of truth. And you're calling us to become students of truth, students of what's true and right and real so that we can live lives full of hope and full of joy and full of freedom. This world wants to deconstruct everything. And Lord, it's okay. I know you're okay with questions. I know you're okay with us having uh, curiosities that lead us into asking questions about things that we have a hard time understanding. But God, I believe that you want us to have a foundation of truth that will allow us to defeat the enemy. Lord, we realize we're not fighting for truth. We're fighting with it. And with your truth in our hearts, with the reality of your word in our minds and our spirits, we can come against the enemy. We can live like you want us to live. We can act like you want us to act. We can feel like you want us to feel. Why? Because your word is true and we can put our faith in it. And I thank you for that. Today, God is calling us to be students, disciples of truth. He's calling us to be people that are living truth. He's calling us to be free, to be free in truth. And today I want to just pray for you. I know it's a confusing, crazy, unbelievable world we live in today. And it's hard to find source, the source of truth. And really, the only thing that we should be leaning into is the Bible. We're here to help you with that. We're here to help you with a with, uh, uh, starting point. We're here to help you with uh, all kinds of resources. We have right now media that could, you could use at home to study the Word of God. The Bible app, there's all kinds of tools out there that will help you find and will help you walk through and will help do everything we can to bring truth into your life because we believe that with that, you will live your full potential. You'll live free and you will live a whole lot less confused than you may be living now. Let me pray with you. Lord, I know that there are people in this room that you're working with, you're working on, and you're, you're trying to draw your atten their attention to you instead of to this world. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would draw them into your word, draw them into fellowship with others that know your word, draw them into a place where truth reigns, and the enemy's attacks and the enemy's schemes are defeated. Lord, I know that there are those that are, are being pulled in different directions by the, the different messages of our world and of the enemy. And I pray today that those uh, people, all of us, would find the, the center of truth in you so that we can def determine and define and discern what is true in this world. I pray your blessing on every heart and every mind that, is, that walked in confused but is determined to walk out a student of truth, a disciple of Jesus who will live out truth in our lives. Lord, I pray your blessing on every person in this room and may your truth be wrapped around us 
so that we can defeat the enemy. Maybe you're here today and you're, you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but today is the day where you're ready to accept the truth that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that he died on a cross to forgive you of your sins, that he rose the third day from the dead, miraculously came out of the grave, and today lives eternally. And if we will accept those two realities, that he died for our sins and that he rose from the dead, the Bible says we will be saved. And today you're ready to accept that truth. Whether you're online or on site, will you just simply pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I accept that you died on a cross and that I have the blessing of eternal life because you rose from the dead. I believe, Lord, that today is my day to... Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.